Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We welcome on. ABC News political director Rick Klein talking about everything going on in Washington. And uh, Rick, obviously a lot to get to. The Iowa caucus uh, coming up in just a few days. But before we do that, uh, here in Buffalo and Western New York, we are expecting an announcement today from the Department of Justice on whether or not they are seeking the death penalty in the case of the Topps mass shooting here. Uh, We don't know which way that the Department of Justice is leaning on this, but this has kind of been a long time coming here. A lot of people have been waiting for this announcement for well over a year. How has this been playing out politically when it comes to the Biden administration? There's this moratorium on the death penalty, but of course you have this extreme case here in Buffalo. What are some of the things that go into making this decision? Well, it's, it's, it's a grave decision. Of course, it's the most serious decision a prosecutor can make. Joe Biden himself uh, campaigned against the death penalty for abolishing the death penalty in 2020, although he favored it early in his career. And he's been criticized by a lot of people on the left for not taking any action to make good on that campaign promise. And uh, Republicans have been campaigning for months now about getting stronger death penalty statutes. President Trump, Nikki uh, Haley, uh, Ron DeSantis have all been saying consistently that we need more death penalty cases, not fewer. But look, I think there's a, there's a, there's a sense on death penalty cases of things that are so heinous uh, and, and, and where the guilt is so unquestionable that public perceptions sort of change. And I, I, as long as the death penalty statute is on the books at the federal level, it's an option for prosecutors. There's a lot of discretion for prosecutors in how they do it, and we haven't seen any signs that the president has gotten in the way of that, uh, at least so far. Uh, surely he'll be asked to comment on this because it was such a high profile and such a horrific uh, tragedy uh, and just an awful event. You know, with this moratorium, do you ever see it being lifted in the near future or will these cases continue to be decided on a case by case basis? Well, look, the states obviously have their own death penalty statutes, but when the federal government is involved, I do think there's going to be some discretion. I don't see a scenario realistically given the political divides on this issue and so many other issues where you're going to see a major overhaul to death penalty statutes. But because the discretion extends all the way down. I mean, presumably a president could name a, uh, an attorney general who um, declines to uh, authorize death penalty cases to move forward or urges against them. U.S. attorneys could be confirmed based on that. So it's possible that it sort of fades away. And in fact, they're, they're very rare these days. You, you don't have many of these cases uh, because in part because public perceptions around uh, when and, and, and whether they're appropriate have shifted as much as they have. Well, switching our focus now to what's going to happen at the beginning of next week, Iowa caucus, first time to actually get a vote, you know, not just a poll in this race. 
What are you expecting? There's been some, uh, you know, significant changes in this race in the last week. Yeah, I mean, Chris Christie uh, exiting the race, he wasn't a huge factor in Iowa, but uh, that could matter. Uh, and, and Nikki Haley's gotten a, a good dose of attention late in the race. She sort of she's sort of got the big momentum at the right at the right time. Um, but you know, I think Donald Trump at this point is so far ahead. It, it would be an enormous upset for him to not win and not win big. And I think the question is going to be, does he set a record? And then where does DeSantis land? Is he second or is he third? That's enormously consequential given how much time and attention he spent into the race. And if Nikki Haley is able to squeeze out a second place victory, it gives her a shot in the arm going into New Hampshire the following week. So I think there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of things that are going to play out just over the course of the next week to 10 days. They're going to tell us whether we have a race or not. It's possible that Donald Trump just romps based on the polling uh, and, and never looks back. It's also possible that you get a kind of one-on-one shot with either DeSantis or Haley down the road. DeSantis has put all of his effort into Iowa. Is it kind of make or break for him if he doesn't get second place? I think it is. I mean, look, he can run as long as he wants. There's nothing that forces a candidate out. But I think, practically speaking, if he were to fade into third place behind Nikki Haley, it'd be very hard for him to justify why his campaign is continuing. Uh, you know, maybe he wants to just accumulate some delegates and there's other states out there. But, you know, if, if Haley emerges as kind of the winner of the play-in game uh, for, the, for who gets to face Trump, I don't see what DeSantis, what DeSantis's next move is, quite frankly. Um, he could try, and it's certainly, you know, certainly within his rights and within his power to continue to soldier on, but it's just uh, it becomes a really hard case to make once you get beyond that, uh, that, that, that first couple of rounds. You know, the interesting question is then, if he does drop out some point in the near future, where do those supporters go? Yeah, I, look, DeSantis voters probably are more likely to go to Trump than Haley, but you don't really know. There's certainly a universe of Republican voters that have parked their support at Ron DeSantis because they thought he was the guy they could take on Trump. They like Trump, though. And if they're not buying the same thing about Haley, who's a lot, you know, who's got more skepticism, let's say, on the conservative side of the ledger, uh, then then there's questions about you know how you really how that can really get structured as a winning campaign. So I don't think it's like a one to one map. And I think a lot of people have made this mistake in the past about Trump where they think, well, let's just get down to the one on one and then I can beat him because of his negatives because he's so unpopular. That might have been true had it happened uh, eight years ago. But I don't think it's true anymore. I think re- Republicans have shown they, they kind of like Donald Trump uh, for all his flaws, maybe because of his flaws. And so. Uh, it, it's not as it's not as easy as saying, look, we just uh, you know we just have to get to the position where we're the last person standing. It may be that you know by, by the time that we get to that stage, uh, Donald Trump is just stronger than ever. And again, people are comfortable with what they see in him. All right, Rick, thank you. Appreciate the time this morning. That's Rick Klein, ABC News political director on our Trocare College Live Line. All star closer, Kenley Jansen. We have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.